So, I am going to be teaching, bringing the message um, this Sunday, December 2nd, at uh, Calvary Austin <clears throat> uh, Youth, Middle School, and High School. And I'll be talking about Mark fifteen forty two through sixteen nine. And so I'm going to open with questions like, what are you willing to stand up for when the situation appears to be hopeless? Where were the disciples while Jesus hang upon the cross? Who could claim the body? And who would stand before the most powerful figure, Pilate? So as we read Mark 15, 42 through 69, it reads as such, verse 42. This all happened on Friday, the day of preparation, the day before Sabbath, as evening approached. Joseph of Arimathea took a risk and went to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Joseph was an honored member of the high council and he was waiting for the kingdom of God to come. Verse 44. Pilate couldn't believe that Jesus was already dead, so he called for the Roman officer and asked if he had died yet. The officer confirmed that Jesus was dead, so Pilate told Joseph he could have the body. Joseph bought a long sheet of linen cloth. Then he took Jesus' body down from the cross, wrapped it in the cloth, and laid it in a tomb that had been carved out of the rock. Then he rolled a stone in front of the entrance. Verse 47. Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of Joseph saw where Jesus' body laid. Chapter 16, verse 1. Saturday evening, when the Sabbath ended, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, went out and purchased burial spices so they could anoint Jesus' body. Very early, on Sunday morning, just at sunrise, they went to the tomb. On the way there, they were asking each other, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? But as they arrived, they looked up and saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled aside. Verse 5. When they entered the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in in a white robe, sitting on the right side. The woman was shocked, but the angel said, Don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is in here. He is risen from the dead. Look, this is where they laid his body. Now go tell his disciples, including Peter, that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there just as he told you before he died. And finally, in verse 8, the women fled the tomb, trembling and bewildered, and they said nothing to anyone because they were too frightened. So, who was Joseph? Joseph of Arimathea, a member of the Sanhedrin, a Greek word that means assembly or council, it comprised of 70 members. And they had supreme power, so similar to what we would call our Supreme Court today. Who He came from Judea, from a Judean town in Arimathea. 
Matthew 27:57 says that when it was evening, there was a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who himself had also become a disciple of Jesus. Now get this, he's on the Sanhedrin, he's on the high council, and Matthew is telling us that he is also a disciple of Jesus. John 19, 38-39 says, After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but a secret one for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate granted permission, so he came and took away his body. And in verse 39, we hear that Nicodemus, who had first come to him by night, also came, bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pounds weight. Now, this is very, very significant. But let us not forget that the entire Sanhedrin called for Jesus to be turned over to the Roman authorities to be tried and crucified, all but Joseph, a secret believer. Now, what would possess a person of such high esteem and wealth to care about a poor rabbi despised by many? I contend it's the cross. The cross does something to you. The once timid Joseph who did things in secret is now going boldly before the Roman power structure to proclaim his attachment to Jesus. Where are the disciples? Well, before we throw stones at them for running for their lives, let us examine this more closely. Let's look at the disciples. If the disciples had gone before Pilate to request the body, they would have probably been arrested and crucified on the spot by association alone, not to mention they were poor and had no power with the Roman authority to request anything. And that's where Joseph, a rich man, a man of high honor, comes in being filled with power to go boldly before the Roman power structure, exposing himself to the high council that he is a believer, that this is the Christ who is to return. So much so that he purchases fine linen to wrap the body in, fine linen appropriated for a king. If we look at John seven fifty through 52, it says, Nicodemus, who came before to him, I'm sorry, who came to him before being one of them, being a secret disciple, said to them, to the Sanhedrin, our law does not judge a man unless it first hears from him and knows what he is doing, does it? They answered him, you are not also from Galilee, are you? Search and see that no prophet arises out of Galilee. So, Nicodemus stood up, but was shut down in the face of 68 others who wanted Jesus dead. The Bible says that Joseph waited for the kingdom of God to come, or more literally put, he was looking for the kingdom of God. And his conduct proves this by risking his life to ask for the body and then placing it in a tomb of honor 
instead of the pit it was destined for. And let's remember, as he was taking down this body, as some of the disciples were probably looking on, and we know that the the three women were there, Mary and the, the two Marys, and they saw the love that Joseph had for Jesus as they carefully takes down this body, wraps it, and then places it in the tomb. That is a sign of worship. Now, the power of the cross compelled a man to risk everything for what he believed in, what he was looking for. He risked his place of honor and power in this life for that of the one to come by coming out of the shadows, behind the curtain to boldly say, I believe in Jesus as the Christ, the Mashiach, the Messiah, the anointed one of God. And let's talk about the sacrifice. By touching a dead body, he became religiously unclean, which meant that he could not participate in the community's worship ceremonies for a week. This was Passover. This is a big deal. The promise. When what you see going on around you is falling apart, when, when it appears that God is not listening, when your friends have left you, you must not forget the power of the cross and go boldly before your situation looking forward to what the Lord has already promised. Maybe some of you are like Joseph of Arimathea where you have it made in the physical sense and yet are being challenged spiritually to take a stand for the gospel. Or you are being challenged by situations that call for you to stand up for what you believe in in spite of what you see going on around you. In 2012, I lost my job. And three months later, my wife lost her job of 10 years. We had a car payment, a mortgage, and credit card debt. And all we had was unemployment income. I was not afraid because I knew what God had done for me before in in another situation. In that strength, I was able to strengthen my wife in how I acted. And we decided to increase our tithe. Meaning, we took most of our unemployment money and started tithing. We got involved in a homeless ministry where we met one of the most amazing young men of my entire life. And for three years, we were on the streets of San Diego, um, just befriending people, sharing with people, getting to know people and understand their stories. And it was a remarkable experience. And about uh, six to seven, eight months later, my wife uh, got a job. And then I got the job that put me into Austin, Texas, and I've been here five years. That's my story.